0: Welcome to and Bond Podcast Episode 70 My apologies to anybody who has followed me for taking so long to get to this next episode Been a while, I've been slowly reading the Wim Hof Method book And a little backstory, so today, no Diego His fantastic voice and personality will be here on the next one My plan is to have him be on tonight And then upload that tomorrow for today, you're stuck with me and my crazy, weird, froggy voice. So this book, little backstory, learn about Wim Hof. Maybe when other people heard about him a couple years ago, I actually commissioned a hand pencil drawing by an artist name. It goes by Ambro Jordy. He's got a YouTube and Instagram. I was trying to find the picture because I think he posted it so you can see the exact picture I have. But he does very high-end pencil, ink, marker drawings. This beautiful picture. I have it right in my home gym. Just a picture of Wim Hof that's been up there. And just a reminder, and you'll see as we go through the book, I'm going to read a lot of it. No, this is not an audio book. You might feel like it. I'll try and chill out on some parts. But there's a lot of science which follows his evolution of how he got there. It is extremely interesting. He's way more passionate than me when he speaks but we will just get into it so let's just start with the preface it's all there for you would you like to have more energy less stress and a stronger immune system would you like to sleep better improve your cognitive and athletic performance boost your mood lose weight and alleviate your anxiety sounds like a commercial huh As humanity has evolved and developed technology that has made us more and more comfortable, we have lost our innate ability to not only survive but to thrive in extreme environments. In the absence of environmental stress, the things we have built to make our lives easier have actually made us weaker. But what if we reawaken the dormant physiological processes that made our ancestors so strong? My method which I have developed and refined over the course of nearly 40 years, is based on three simple natural pillars. Cold exposure, conscious breathing, and the power of the mind. Into Chapter 2 The Birth of the Iceman Sittard, my hometown in the southernmost section of the Netherlands, is located just over a half mile from Germany and seven and a half miles from Belgium, in the narrowest part of the country. From the ages of 12 to 17, I delivered newspapers, both Alamin Dagblad and Telegraph, in the early morning hours. That is a very different dimension of the day, when nobody is around and you are there in sync with your bicycle and the elements of nature. Every day for five years, I woke up at 3.30 a.m., I'd roll out of my bed directly into the push-up position, do 50 push-ups, and then I'd be awake. My father would serve me and my brothers each a big cup of coffee, and we'd be out the door by 4 a.m. to our paper routes. It was a precise routine. Then I'd go out into the night with these packs full of newspapers up and down the hills of Sittered. I'd hear all kinds of birds and see rabbits on the street, and it was just all so magical and contemplative. I saw and felt things that, because I was alone, didn't require words. It was just me and my bicycle and the newspapers alone in the hills, every day for five years. You begin to contemplate. You see the world in peace without the rumor of anything or anybody. You are alone. You have to fulfill a task regardless of the weather conditions. You find yourself in the depth of yourself. That is strength. How many kids doing paper routes right now? Zero. I've got a paper guy who basically peels out and drifts around our neighborhood at around 5 a.m. When I'm walking the dogs. So it's like a free drifting show. No more pedaling on beach cruisers. with tough kids out there in the elements. Not even mine. So. Carrying on. So going here. So he lived as a while for a squatter. Which was common at the time. So. Back to the book. While I can see that squatting isn't for everyone especially today, I do believe that everyone should have a time, a space in his or her life in which he or she is able to live free like that, if only as a sabbatical. Yeah. How long have you been alone at any part of your life? How long were you really alone? I bet if you had any amount of time, you look at it fondly. Whether it went good or bad, it was good. All right. Then it goes forward to discipline served as a way to liberate myself. He became very disciplined, and then one quiet Sunday morning in the winter time, I was in Beatrix Park pondering it all, and I saw this thin layer of ice on the water. I felt an attraction to it that I couldn't quite explain, but I looked around. And there was nobody else in sight. I could undress myself and just go naked into the cold water, which is exactly what I did. Of course. I remember very clearly that I wasn't bothered by the cold at all. I was just curious. That curiosity was much stronger than the temperature of the water. Can you imagine that? But while now I know why it was, back then I simply experienced it. And that cold water had an unexpected effect on my body, which is that I felt great. I was playing with the thin layer of ice all around me, feeling astonished that I had this ability to just play in it. I was looking at the ice, not understanding yet, just looking and thinking to myself, wow, I can play? I'm in the water and it's fine? Everybody always said it was crazy to go into the cold water. You could die, they said. It's no good. It's an adverse element of nature and you have to protect ourselves from it. That's what we've been conditioned to believe, but all of that vanished in the moment. I felt great. I wasn't in the water for too long, maybe a minute, minute and a half, but long enough to feel the connection born to my consciousness within, beyond language or intellectual framing. It all began in earnest right there. It was the origin point of my entire quest. The cold knows how to trigger the vascular system, which, if laid out end to end, would stretch nearly two and a half times the length of the world. I did not Google that, but because it sounds preposterous, but I'm sure it's probably true. Just hearing things like sounds bananas to me. Okay, cardiovascular-related diseases are the number one killer in our society today. But it doesn't have to be that way. There are approximately sixty-two thousand miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries in each and every one of us. The vascular system is constructed after millions of years of evolution. With millions of little muscles that contract and open the veins and the vascular channels in reaction to the weather. These little muscles do not work. Oh, he's going back. It was saying like because we wear clothes and we're not naked all the time. They don't really have to work so hard. So let's get into it as far as how the heart begins to overcompensate. So they don't work as hard. And do you know who's paying for that? Our heart is. When these little vascular muscles are not tuned up, not working at an optimized condition, our heart is forced to pump much more, deeper and stronger, to get the blood flow through. This puts undue stress on our heart on a chronic basis. That's one of the primary reasons, together with diet and exercise, why cardiovascular-related diseases are the number one killer in our society. How do we tackle this killer? It's very simple. A cold shower a day. It's simple, and it works, and it doesn't cost a thing. Our vascular system needs to be stimulated to achieve the desired muscular tone. It doesn't need training, only awakening. Then, once it's awakened and optimized, let's say in 10 days, a whole sequence of magic begins to occur within the body. So I've been taking these cold showers, if I'm not shaving, if I'm going to shave, hot shower, shave probably every three days if anybody's curious, every other shower has been cold for probably close to year and a half, maybe two years, and in the beginning, and even often days, even today, full cold, my brain wants to say, Don't get in there, that's cold. But then I know I feel awesome when I get out. So I've been doing this for a long time. The breathing is totally new to me, so I got to incorporate that now. But all right, back to the book. When you take a cold shower, all of those little muscles in your vascular system, millions of them, are activated and exercised. Within 10 days of taking these showers, you will notice that your heart rate has decreased significantly, as much as 15 to 30 beats a minute and that it remains the way and it remains that way for 24 hours a day. That translates to a lot less stress. It's important to understand that your heart rate increases whenever your body experiences stress. That sends a primordial signal to the body to alleviate adrenaline and cortisol which sets off a series of biochemical processes that exhaust your adrenal axis, your energy, because you're in poor vascular condition. Your heart needs to pump more and work harder. What we always thought of as abstract or beyond our reach is attainable. But you don't actually have to think about it. Just take the damn cold showers and you will regain the innate capacity to control your vascular system from the top down. My brain scans demonstrated that it's possible to enter into the deepest part of the brain. We can access and activate our limbic system, which governs memory and emotion. We can also access the brainstem and connected to that, the pariahqueductal gray hemisphere which is believed to govern the brain's transmission of pain signals. When this neurological channeling is re-established, it enables us to endure pain by releasing the natural opioids, endocannabinoids, in our brain. These natural chemicals deliver a feeling of euphoria to the body, even under stress, which is exactly the way I felt at Wayne State in a previous study. I felt no cold at all. I felt no stress. Instead, I felt warm. I felt great. That was an experiment where they put them uh, with a vest over your body that pumps in cold water and they were signaling to see if he could control his skin temperature every time the water hit his skin. And he was able to do that by keeping his exterior temperature warm. Every other person could not. They were not trained in his method And that was a big difference. That was one of the earliest studies. Okay, carrying on. I lost my first wife to suicide in 1995. We had four children together, and she jumped from eight stories up. I was powerless there. She had been suffering for quite some time, and all the injections and pills and therapists in the world couldn't help her. They only made things worse. She jumped after kissing the kids goodbye, and the emotional imprint that formed as a result is deeply rooted within the drive I have, and still have, to maintain a means first to survive in the world with four kids, and then in time to heal. It's like a scar that fades somewhat, but is always there. Driven by emotional loss, a broken heart, and having four children and no money I was highly motivated to make a change. To offer an alternative solution for those afflicted with mental illness. And now, a quarter century later, we are getting to some answers. Chapter 4. Breathe. Crohn's disease, cancer, depression, arthritis, asthma, Bipolar disorder are all caused by, dis, by deregulation of our immune, endocrine, and hormonal systems through uncontrolled inflammation. Now, by employing these simple breathing techniques, we are able to suppress the inflammatory markers in the blood. That's right. Breathing. Interesting. Alright, so... What is the breathing exercise? So basic breathing exercise, in case you don't read the book, I'm going to actually read the basic breathing exercise, which you can do. Before engaging with this breathing technique, remember to be mindful. Listen to your body and learn from the signals your body and mind send you while you're doing it. Use those signals as personal feedback about the effect of the exercises on your mind and body body and adjust them as needed to find what works best for you step one sit in a meditation posture lying down or whichever way is most comfortable for you in a quiet and safe environment make sure you can expand your lungs freely without feeling any constriction close your eyes and clear your mind be conscious about your breath And try to fully connect with it. Okay. Here's this. There's the actual action item. Take 30 to 40 deep breaths in through the nose or mouth. Fill up your belly and your chest all the way up to your head. Don't force the exhale. Just fully in. Let it go. If you've ever looked up any of him, of Wim Hof walking you through the full breathing exercises on YouTube, you'll hear his voice in your head fully in let it go fully in let it go do that 30 or 40 times at the end of the last breath hold it for as long as you can that's comfortable let it out and then hold the air out as long as you can that feels comfortable and then just do another 30 to 40 same thing at the end of the 40th hold it till it's comfortable let it out hold that till it's comfortable Do another round. So should be doing three rounds. And you're probably wondering, well, did I do it before this podcast? Yes, I did. Typically, I do one to two rounds. But today, in the spirit of the book, I'd be silly not to have done three. Okay. After having completed the breathing exercise, take time to enjoy the feeling. And with repeated practice, it becomes more and more like a meditation. Okay, so back to the the other section. In January 2014, he led a group of 26 people trained in the method up Tanzania's Mount Kilimanjaro with the goal of reaching the summit in three days. None of these people were experienced alpinists, and some of them suffered from debilitating illnesses and diseases such as MS, rheumatoid arthritis, and metastasized cancer. It's a good crew. In the interest of avoiding acute mountain sickness, which can be fatal in extreme cases, most people attempt to climb the mountain on this African continent, do so gradually over the course of five days or more. They do this so their bodies can acclimatize to the increasing altitude on the way up, which sits more than 19,000 feet above sea level. To avoid AMS, the mountain sickness, it's recommended climbers ascend no more than 1,000 feet a day. But armed with my breathing method and deeply motivated mindset, but little else, including cold weather gear, though we did take a little as a precaution, We headed off, knowing that we would reach our goal. All the physiologists, doctors, and alpine experts I consulted said that what I was trying to do was irresponsible. People were going to get sick, they said. Some might even die. But we went up anyway, doing our specific high-altitude breathing technique, and reached the summit in just 44 hours. That's 28 hours less than our initial 3-day goal. We defied the wisdom of the experts. And when we came back down the mountain, the critics were silent. A year later, we returned to Kilimanjaro and reached the summit in just 36 hours. And the year after that, we did it in just 28 hours. Unbelievable. He wrote that word. I concur. Okay, among others... Professors and immunologists have taken up our cause. Immediately after the initial results from a study I did with Radboud University Medical Center were published, Fritz Muskiet, a professor of clinical chemistry at the University of Groningen, I'm sure I'm butchering every one of these words, went on a national Dutch radio and said they had put their finger on practically all diseases of prosperity. I'm going to read that again because that little phrase has stuck with me recently. They put their finger on practically all diseases of prosperity. And if anybody remembers uh, one of the earliest books I covered in the podcast on the, sh- on the shortness of life, it dives into those diseases of prosperity hundreds of years ago. Alright, back to it. Our bodies continually combat and destroy infections. The body should be in balance. But it isn't. Because of our current lifestyles, we live with permanent low levels of infection. You could say that we're chronically infected, but because the infection is so low, we don't feel it. The experimental group has shown us that it's possible to repress the inflammatory response. I hope this leads to more research. We have shown through scientific evidence and comparative studies that cold exposure in combination with conscious breathing, meditation, and a positive mental attitude has far-reaching benefits to human health. I'm a human. This is why I'm reading this to you. I'm assuming you're a human if you're in a car, listen to a podcast. So move. Zooming forward, um, we were headed back to, now he's doing a bunch of as many scientific experiments and studies as he can just to get the science numbers and the data he can. So diving forward, we were headed to the Feinstein Institute for Medical Research in Manhasset. Then he jumped forward to, many experiments had conducted on a wide range of test subjects over many years, and they had all shown that there was no way a human being could influence consciously or otherwise their vagus nerve. The, the vagus nerve relates very much to inflammation, though, so if we were somehow able to influence it, we, put, we could potentially suppress inflammation and by extension, treat and perhaps even reverse disease. How could that be done was unknown. So they brought him to Manhasset. They led me into a nice, comfortable room and asked me to have a seat. Then they inserted a needle in one of my arms to withdraw blood, connected my other arm to a heart and lung monitor. Now meditate, they said. Uh, Once again, I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do, but I resolved to just do my best. So I started to do my breathing exercises. They told me it would take a week for the results because they'd they'd be analyzing 307 different blood markers to see if I was influencing my vagus nerve. As he waited for the results, he got on a plane to Minnesota to visit the hypothermia lab at the University of Minnesota Medical School. That's where they put him in an ice tank and measured his core temperature, which he did. And after that, they returned to New York. And soon after that, he received a call from Dr. Kamler, who did the Vegas nerve experiment. He had the results of the experiments from Feinstein, and he was really excited to share them. If you're able to reproduce, reproduce what you have done, he said, it means huge consequences for humankind. Then he rattled off about 20 different conditions and diseases, from arthritis to Crohn's, that we could now battle because the control I had shown over my vagus nerve was unprecedented. The experiment showed that I was controlling an autonomous mechanism at will, which in turn meant that I was able to control inflammation, the cause and effect of so many diseases. The medical application seemed to Dr. Kamler limitless. A half hour later, I received a telephone call from my wife. My mother had died. She had fallen, gone into a coma and died. She had pledged to make me a missionary and now at the moment the mission had at last come into my vision, she was gone. It was as if she knew. I had a hole in my heart, but I was also filled with hope. Talk about back to back highs and lows. Three years later, I had a connection with Vincent W. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. He's the director of the Circus of Thoughts, a show performed at the famed Royal Theater in Amsterdam. An experiment would occur ahead of time under the supervision of Professor Hopman, a physiologist at Radbod, and it would later be replicated on stage the Circus of Thoughts. When I arrived at the theater, There were at least 20 people and even more monitors. They had prepared a bizarre experiment for me. 80 minutes in the ice, with one arm removed so blood could be drawn. I swallowed a pill-sized device able to measure my core body temperature and display its readings on a remote monitor. They put a bunch of sensors on me to measure my skin temperature. They took 36 vials of blood over the 80 minutes, and sent them to six different laboratories for analysis. During the entire 80 minutes in which I was exposed to the ice, my core body temperature remained at a constant 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, my heart rate remained low, and my blood pressure remained within the normal range. Say what? Yeah, that's what I thought. Crazy. The doctors were all astonished, but I knew that I, or rather what my mind was capable of. Together with Dr. Peter Pickers and Matthew and Dr. Natea, this is another experiment. So that one's completed, successful, amazing. Now moving on to an endotoxin experiment. Uh, you may have heard about this one already. They, they injected him with E. coli. And they did it to 240 people previously. Every single one of them got flu-like symptoms, fevers, chills, headaches. But he experienced nothing after the injection. A short while after, they returned to the university hospital. And they took his vital signs and baseline measurements and asked him to lie down. They then injected him with the bacteria explaining it would take 60 to 90 minutes to take effect. I began doing my basic breathing protocol preventatively, and an hour later, I felt nothing. No fever, no headache, no muscle aches, nothing. I was just doing my breathing, and the doctors observed on the monitors that his blood oxygen levels, should which at sea level should normally fall within the range, had dipped all the way down to 30. The doctors withdrew blood every 5 or 10 minutes and then sent it to the laboratory for measurement and an analysis to determine whether or not, this is where it gets super technical, the interleukin IL-6, IL-8, or IL-10 tumor necrosis factors were being affected. In layman's terms, and I am a layman, 6 and 8 are pro-inflammatory and 10 is anti-inflammatory. The tumor necrosis factor refers to cell signaling proteins that kill cancer cells. So the blood results from that experiment showed that he was suppressing inflammatory markers 6 and 8. This is significant because of the proliferation and outrageous cost of IL-6 inhibiting biologic injectable drugs. That a growing number of people with autoimmune diseases, like MS and rheumatoid arthritis, now rely on. So to recap, by doing his basic breathing consciously that entire time, he increased his IL-10 anti-inflammatory markers, suppressing 6 and 8. And that's exactly what lots of people take medicines to do, is to pump up 10 to suppress 6 and 8. He did it by breathing. And, of course, he showed direct suppression of six without injecting anything. They announced the blood results on television, and I cried because I was so happy. So what did they do after that? They basically told him, like, oh, you're a freak of nature. It's just you. It can't be replicated. One experiment, whoop-de-doo. So he trained specifically 12 people in the method for four days, they all did the experiment. All of them suppressed the, the toxin from E. coli. All of them. Okay, jumping forward. So this is where he talks about he was doing all these experiments, getting all this attention. And he's thinking, oh, great, the medical field is going to start sharing all this information, engage the method as a supplement. And it just kind of got quiet. He's not worried about that. He goes on to say, if you engage too much in outside validation, you lose the path to yourself. You get off course. Self love is being proud of yourself by your own lights. What's your best move? Move toward that. Not the best of your neighbors. Back yourself. Care for yourself. Not by protecting your ego, no, but by remaining present for your being when you feel most afraid, most uncomfortable, or awkward. Be calm in your love for yourself. It will enable you to see others more clearly and with more compassion. Don't seek to change others. Change yourself. Just mind your own mind and let others mind theirs. Show them who you are through your actions, through your conviction. Be clear and transparent. Vulnerable. If I cared what others thought of me, I would have stopped going a long time ago. I would have been eaten by the system. I just keep on. This is my mission. I want to reveal the truth and to share it with the world. All right, jumping forward, there is an exact breakdown of the pillars. You got a breath. Directions, mind directions, cold. So the breath is the breathing exercises. The mind he has a couple meditation protocols. And then the cold exposure protocols. I have not gotten into a bathtub with ice yet. Just doing the cold showers. I think it'll be fun soon for the kids to dump in some ice while I'm in the bathtub. I think they'd remember that. Probably do one bag at first and then I'll build my way up okay jumping forward WHM Wim Hof method for health so this is he goes to train some Navy SEALs so before I read this part I was thinking oh he's going to train Navy SEALs so I was trying to think of our typical personal stress so take a moment to think What is your stress factors? Probably not life or death in the cold. Just saying. All right. Back in 2018, I trained a group of U.S. Navy SEALs over a couple days at a naval base in Pearl Harbor. On the first day, we worked on going into the cold, how to deal with stress and sleep deprivation, and how to control stress hormones in general. The seals of course are an elite military unit and those guys already have all the techniques for surviving and thriving in adverse conditions down pat. But because they're so they're also frequently sleep deprived and under tremendous amounts of stress, that's what I focused on. I wanted to help them get into their own bodies, get into their functionality and ultimately give them more control over their physical well-being which would help them continue to perform at a high level no matter the circumstances. Going into ice cold water is very stressful on the body, of course, but learning how to do it progressively, changing your biochemistry through breathing exercises, this helps you adapt quickly and lessen the impact of the stress. Furthermore, it enables you to respond to the cold in a proactive way, not reactive. This is what I teach. And though these seals spend a great deal of time in the water and have a reputation for being arguably the toughest, most indefatigable fighting force in the world, many of them came to me to be taught. I thought that was amazing and I was honored they placed their faith in me and my method. But when I arrived at the base on the second day, I wasn't sure what else I could teach them. We pretty much covered it on the first day, I thought, and these men had little time to waste. Just before we reached the checkpoint, coming onto the base, I looked down at my phone and saw I received an email from a doctor, a general practitioner. Let's call her Jenny. She wrote, Dear Wim, Last year I jumped from a third-story window because I had had it with the pain. I woke up in the hospital, and my brother was there. When we were talking, he told me about you. I began to do what you're teaching, this breathing and this cold and all, and now I'm thankful for every day that I'm alive. I love you, GP, Jenny. It was in this moment that I realized that I had to offer the SEALs what I had to offer the SEALs on the second day of training. Something always comes up from the moment. I don't go into these things prepared. I meet the moment. It informs me better. So I gathered all the men under the shade of a large tree and said, Guys, today you're going to learn how to become the general within yourself and to stop the war within. Therein lie the real terrorists, in your mind, in your body. Let me show you how. We began to do the breathing, and they went very deep within themselves and found a peace that they had never felt before. Complete engagement with their breathing allowed them to become more aware of themselves. And in this moment, their mission, their duty, fell away from their immediate consciousness. They were able to take a break from the pressures of life as a seal and exist within the stillness of an overwhelming calm. What do you think of life, I said. I just want to protect my family, my babies, my loves, one called out. Yes, that's it, I said. That's the energy we bring into the world. When we tackle the real terrorist disease physical and mental we can generate happiness strength and health for ourselves and those we love if you are in tune mentally and physically with your true nature and sit within your heart you become aware of the peace happiness and purpose that brings that brings and you will be able to perform at your best their hearts were opened the war was won Can it really be so simple? Just breathing deeply, is that it? The answer, friends, is yes. You've been breathing since the moment of your birth, but with what intention? So jumping ahead. We acknowledge that we're not doctors, and we're not suggesting that the method can or should replace them. Medicine is still a noble profession and I do believe that the majority of doctors enter the profession out of a duty to help people. But every day I'm hearing stories of people who defied their diagnosis and their doctor's orders and instead found relief from a whole host of symptoms, conditions, and diseases from asthma to depression, MS to cancer as a result of practicing the method. And that alone merits further investigation. The method is so effective, natural, and accessible that the general lack of interest shown by the medical establishment is quite puzzling to me. Skipping further ahead. Okay, does anybody do endurance exercises, long distance running, MMA fighters? Firefighter friends, you guys, you know who I'm talking to. Yes, there is a protocol. What is it, you wonder? So it's an adaptation of the basic breathing. So imagine the earlier breathing technique. But the adaptation is while you go from 0 to 40 breaths, you slowly increase the speed. All right, So you're breathing sooner as you ramp up. So start normal, ramp up faster to the 40th, start again, start again slow, ramp up again. And you wanna do that before your endurance run or your fight. Okay. You've got all the energy you need to do anything to overcome any obstacle or disease in your body, life, path, or destiny. That's the way we were equipped by nature. Adenosine triphosphate, aerobic dissimulation, mitochondrial processes, the citric acid cycle. Whatever you want to call it. Just get your energy. There's plenty. More than you'll ever need. How much do you want? I tell the athletes I advise to breathe more than they feel is needed. And you know what they say to me? They say within a week of doing the breathing... After years at what I believed was the limit of my performance, I suddenly increased my energy. That's right, that's pretty basic. Breathe more than what you feel is needed. And do that. And you can do that after you know after or during what your exercise is. Okay, jumping forward to some more experiments. Dr. Matthias Whitforth is a German neuroscientist and self proclaimed stress hacker who is also a certified level three WHM instructor. In 2018, he attended the Reden Reich Night Talking is Not Enough conference in Bremen. This annual conference brings neuroscientists from around the world together to discuss ways beyond standard cognitive therapy bring relief and comfort to those suffering from depression and other mental and emotional conditions. The researchers were interested to see if perma- perhaps the method could help those who were emotionally blocked by increasing the neural activity in their brains. Would you want to know what happened with the brain scans? They showed that while doing the breathing exercises, their brains lit up like a disco ball. The blood flow went everywhere. The method, as we have discussed, brings back the blood flow to the brain and with it the neuroactivity it needs to prevent or ameliorate mental disorders. An official study is still necessary and we still need to learn about the intricacies of the brain, but that was an extremely encouraging finding. If we truly are able to reverse or significantly curtail depression without pharmacological intervention, Without, p- without pills, we can fundamentally change the way mental health is practiced around the world. That's not an overstatement, guys. Just think about it. But we are into healing. <clears throat> or are we, But are we into healing or are we into medicine? That's what I'm asking. If we're into healing, then let's get to it. Here's all this data let's go. It's kind of like saying, kind of like that saying, they tried to bury us, but we are the seeds. The truth of what we're doing cannot be buried. Sooner or later, these seeds will blossom. It cannot be controlled or repressed because it's free. It's not me. I'm just the messenger. It's science. And I welcome any doubter, any skeptic among the medical establishment to prove me wrong. I'm not afraid of criticism. No, quite to the contrary, I think criticism polishes the diamond of truth. We've got the truth on our side, and it's a sufficient weapon in the war of ideas. Now going forward to chapter 10, A Day in the Life of the Iceman. My life hasn't always been easy, and I'm well acquainted with pain. But I'm happy. I'm as happy as I've ever been, it's true. But there's still much work to do because there is a misery in the world. We are on track with science to show that the human body and mind are capable of doing truly extraordinary things, and that the method is a conduit to it. Most of us still think that disease and illness, both physical and mental, are normal or worse, inevitable, and that we're powerless to do anything about it. But disease and illness aren't normal, and you can do something about them. And now we can. I tell you we can. We can change our DNA. Engage the deepest parts of our brain. Influence our immune system, our lymphatic system, our nervous system, consciously. We've reversed autoimmune conditions, enhanced athletic performance, and more. We've proved it. And now it's my job just to spread the word. I hold strong to my mission. I believe in its power, but I'm not dogmatic about it. I'm no Puritan. On the contrary, I believe that you should live life as you feel. Intuition and gut feelings have been repressed by dogma and doctrine for too long. New scientific evidence shows that we are much more capable than we thought of controlling our stress and inflammation, our moods and emotions. We can become more accountable, more responsible, more able to identify what is good for us and what is not. We're like a computer that needs a reset. It may sound like a contradiction, but those who are truly in control are the most free. And from Jocko, that would be discipline equals freedom. Alright, moving on to Chapter 11, Freeing Our Ancestral Burden. For more than a dozen years, we've known, as a result of studies conducted by top researchers, what our DNA looks like through microscopes. But now, we found a way to influence that DNA at will. It's called hormesis, or hormetic stress, which describes a phenomenon in which a substance, or environmental agent, known to be harmful in larger doses has stimulating and beneficial effects on living organisms when the quantity of the harmful substance is small. Living cells actually adapt in response to these substances or stressors, positively affecting their condition and functionality. This is something we can do consciously and as a result, alter the structure of our primordial cells with specific intent. A little bit of stress, Hot or cold is beneficial. Dr. Pierre Capel is a professor emeritus of experimental immunology in the Netherlands. His research into DNA, cell structures, and the biochemical relationship between DNA and disease have served to greatly further our scientific understanding of how our bodies respond and adapt to these stressors. So he reviewed a lot of the results of a lot of his different experiments and he demonstrated multiple times at Radbot and Wayne State that they showed that a sequence of chemical processes could result in different unexpected positive gene expressions, which also, side note if you follow any of the Rhonda Patrick studies, she's shown through food and diet how you can express different genes just through diet alone which can benefit your health. All right, let's see. You know that showed the, he fought off the E. coli toxin, and which is by consciously activating your immune system. Something super important we should all pay attention to. It may also be possible that we can influence our gene expressions by activating transcription factors. So that converts DNA to RNA and other proteins that cannot otherwise be influenced. If that is shown to be true, we will have the ability to positively direct the transcription factors, which have hundreds if not thousands of potential gene expressions. Naturally, this was a revelation to researchers like Dr. Capell and I, I should hope, the larger scientific community, Because if we can consciously influence gene expressions in the present, we could potentially influence the expression of genes passed down to us through the DNA of our ancestors. So by expressing different genes, which they've proven, you if you're going to have a baby, you'll actually pass on the new expressions to your offspring. You can also pass on bad expressions but which can also be reversed is the point of this. So more research is necessary, it says, of course, and we still have a great deal to learn about how to do this ethically and responsibly. But if we are able to alter alter, which has been transcribed through the DNA of previous generations, we can change our genetic destiny. Pretty wild. It's almost inconceivable we are now able to look through microscopes to see that the cell, the primordial cell, which has been protected by proteins known as chaperones, how nice. These cells require protection because they are believed to have been born, in quotes, created in highly acidic, very hot waters the protective proteins enable these cells to withstand extreme conditions. We live today in a climate-controlled bubble of comfort in which our cells are no longer stimulated by cold, heat, or pressure. Those dangers persist outside of our bubbles, of course, but because we rarely engage with them anymore, the chaperone proteins protecting our cells don't work like they once did. I believe with this method, the Wim Hof method, we have discovered a way to restore these proteins and with them the original condition of the cell, which reverses the consequences of genetic wrongdoing, which frees your body and mind from generations of unnatural conditioning, which, as we know, have, has led us down a path towards disease, depression, and disharmony with nature." Alright, skipping ahead. This is an exciting time. Through new developments in technology, researchers are gaining a better understanding not only of how they can manipulate DNA sequences, but also how they can produce functionally relevant changes to the genome through epigenetics. So it goes on to talk about a research center with a whole long list of doctors. I'll spare you that. At the Here we go. The John Brick Mental Health Foundation is funding a two-year gold standard study in which Dr. Appel's team will seek to determine how the body responds on a cellular level to hermetic stress as it relates directly to depression and mental health. Again, the hermetic stress is that heat and cold exposure in small amounts strengthens the cells. Okay. Alright, here we go. Skipping ahead again. As we discussed earlier in this chapter, inflammation influences the transcription factors. So that's DNA to RNA, which directly relate to gene expression. Through the method, we are now not only able to suppress inflammation, but activate the chaperone proteins. With that, the telomerases and telomeres, those are proteins that protect the ends of our chromosomes. There's a book called The Telomere Effect. So, imagine the chromosomes you can imagine in your mind at the very tips are the telomeres. The longer those are, the more damage you can withstand. Okay, we're therefore able to influence our health spans, which is the numbers of years we remain healthy, active, and disease free and the the quality of our gene expression, and set in motion a chain of reaction that positively influences our health on a cellular level. Okay, good stuff. All right, we're now into chapter 12, Beyond the Five Senses. I want the diamond of the truth be polished so that everybody can see how beautiful it is, how accessible, how powerful and effective it is. We can control our minds and bodies. We can sense what is happening within us and change it. We will win this war caused by terrorists of bacteria, viruses, distress, oxidative stress, and emotions. Whatever the form stress takes, you're able to tackle it and restore health, happiness, and strength to your body because you are the one with the soul, the life force. And the life force is good. It's goodness itself. There we are, and we are one. The mother in Baghdad is the same as the mother in New York or the mother in Beijing. They all wish the same for their children, which is that they grow up happy, strong, and healthy. That's the greatest gift you can give to a child or anyone because What else is there? Let's get back to the core values of life that we are born and tend to the gardens in peace. Let's not invest ourselves in hopelessness, but instead in positivity and being present in the conviction that we are the commanders of our fate and captains of our soul. Once you become happy, strong, and healthy, you radiate like the sun, and you pass your warmth onto others. You become a healer, And there is divinity in that healing that transcends language and the dogma of our societal conditioning. And you thought this was just a crazy old man, huh? Okay, we're almost there. Hold strong. Just a few more pages to go. We're getting in there. All right, he has a breathing exercise for stress control. I won't go over that one. Um... Okay, I wrote back in chapter 3 about how the modern human brain experiences significantly significantly less blood flow into the deeper parts of the brains of our prehistoric ancestors. Yet if we can consciously direct our blood flow into those deeper parts, into the limbic system, which again governs memory and emotion, into the brainstem and the pariah-quaductal gray hemisphere. So get that blood all all up in your brain. Our brains would not only survive, but bloom as if watering a flower. It would be like the desert after the rains come. Suddenly, within a few days, it's all colors. The seeds of life were there all along. How then do do you bring that rainwater, that blood flow into that part of your brain where you feel and experience the world beyond the mental racetrack? The eternal world. How do we get off the horse? I'll tell you what I do. I follow my inner voice and listen to what it tells me. I trust my soul sense and let it guide me. I ignore as best as I can my ego. I know it's going to be cold in the morning and that the first few seconds in the cold water are going to be unpleasant because my ego tells me so. But my inner voice tells me to bloody get into the cold water because it's calling me to embrace every bit of my being. It tells me it's healthy and it's the right thing to do. While my ego continues to argue the opposite, even after all these years. It's like the proverbial angel and devil sitting on your shoulders, whispering into your ears and, and right in the middle. The key is being able to tell which one is the angel and which one is the devil. Most people can't make this distinction, or they don't want to, because the truth is uncomfortable. They don't want to step off the racetrack because they have found comfort in its predictable contours. They'd rather intellectualize than feel because feeling makes them vulnerable. They can't control the outcome. They can't explain it with words. Isn't that a lot of us just... Get into whatever your groove is and just keep doing because that's what I do. And that's the type of person I am. Blah, blah, blah. No. Not doing that. Okay. A little bit forward. Inspiration means to breathe in. Inspirare. I'm just trying to put a little twang on that. Inspirare. Spirit, life. People get hung up on the breathing part. They think it's too simple to work. They ask me, how do you do it, Wim? Is it with the nose, the mouth? Do I feel the belly, the diaphragm? Or do you have to close one nostril and the other? Do I feel the lungs all the way or not too much? And I say, it doesn't matter what kind of hole you use here. Just get it in. Go easy. Don't think so hard about these things. Just get the breath in. In the belly, the chest and the head, and let it go. Keep it simple. Some people are so in their head that they have to relearn how to feel. To train their interceptive sense of the internal experience. Basically, you need to train yourself to pay attention to your body by being still and just breathing. Okay. That's why we say that beginners should start breathing with the nose. So they don't go over the limits of your body. The body wants nutrients, oxygen, and vitamins, and it wants light. The breath ignites your inner electricity, your neural activity. It connects your consciousness with nature and all that is. That is liberation. And you can do it consciously. Isn't that amazing? You can do it with just 20 minutes of breathing. I know from my experience that the breathing method provides an effective means to cleanse all our emotional trauma, blockages, inhibitions, and fears. The breathing alone is a transformational technique that has the potential to change mental health care because it endows the practitioner with a sense of control of what is rightly theirs, control of your mind opening up to feed the brain with love and power that is not to be repressed. These breathing techniques are so simple and so effective that all you have to do to reclaim your genetic destiny is push the button. That's your mind. At first, you cleanse yourself with the breath and the cold, which alkalizes your body, reduces inflammation, you condition the blood flow to go deep into your brain. Then you can use the breath and the power of your mind to cleanse your past emotions and your trauma. With the method, we have demystified all this and brought it up to date, helping to bring the science of yoga into the modern age. So he has a uh, light experiment called the stroboscope exercise. It's just named like that basically a short meditation. All right, we're now into the epilogue, everyone. Thanks for hanging so long. Okay, epilogue. Calmly called How to Change the World. Okay, no big deal. All right. Can you see it? Can you feel it? If you can't, or if you're afraid of what you might find or fail to find within you, just place your faith in the method. Take a cold shower. Do the breathing, activate your vascular system, change your biochemistry, follow the breath, lean into it. The breath goes everywhere and it will lead you where you need to go. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Thanks, Wim. All right. Skipping to the acknowledgments, I highlighted just this part. Happiness, strength, and health are the moral values of our being, and they are back. So he says happiness, strength, and health, I don't know, 30, 40 times throughout this book. I think he's trying to drive that home, and definitely did. It also has an FAQ section, and my big takeaways is just put a little... Put a little pin in that strong, happy, healthy. That's what he's going after. That's what he wants for people. And I think really that makes us all feel good. So let me break down my little parts that it means to me. So let's look at strong. It feels good. It feels good to carry my kids on my shoulders, upstairs, upstairs. That I can walk all day on day trips without getting exhausted or wiped out. Having the strength to be there for my family physically every day, the whole day. That's a big deal. And that feels good. Happy. Feels good. It feels good to smile and listen to music in the morning sometimes. Dance around with the kids while they listen to my old music. and See them smile and laugh at me. That's a good feeling. Healthy. It feels good. Taking care of my body and my mind actually allows me to see what's right in front of me that I might otherwise miss. It gives my actions purpose. It gives my grocery list purpose. It gives my morning purpose. And that feels good. So I wish for everyone out there, thank you for listening. I also wish for it wish for you strength, happiness and health. Be healthy y'all.